You're listening to To Trope or Not to Trope, we're your hosts, Kelly, Kristen, and Ray. And here in podcast land, spooky season <laughs> is in full swing. Ooh. Yay! Yay! Ooh. <laughs> so, in honor of the season, when I say witch, what comes to mind? That scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail where they're <laughs> trying to burn witches and the one guy is like, she turned me into a newt. I got better. <laughs> uh-huh. So if she weighs the same as a duck, then she's a witch. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I... Maybe it's because I watch too much anime or play too many, like, JRPGs. But I feel Mm -hmm. like whenever I hear witch, I think more along the lines of magical girl. So, like, still still has pointy hat, still has cute leggings, still has a black cat or two. Mm -hmm. um, With or without a magic wand that could, like, Mm -hmm. that depends, I guess, on how I'm feeling. But just just someone who is, um, instead of more of like the evil side of which i think like you know oh they're just trying to live their life they're in a small town at an oddity oddity shop and they're just selling people you know random things yeah that's a more modern take like i don't know i'm obviously here with like the more traditional like broomsticks pointed hat black cats cauldrons they they like cackle and they have potions and bottles of herbs and strange things and like mm. they live in a cottage in the woods you know yep there's also yeah. like the modern witch core cottage core there are all witchy vibes uh-huh. that is yeah. that is a thing which i have mixed feelings about <laughs> same because <laughs> it's cool but like i don't know i feel weird because it's like so trendy like I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. So, is there anything else that you picture when you think of witches? Crystal balls. Ooh. Oh, nice. I mean, I feel, yeah, like some kind of fortune telling, tarot yeah. cards, divination, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe like a fun garden on the side. Or like, or like um, if they are l- leaning more towards evil side of which they could have a poisonous mm. garden or mm. you know a candy cottage or something uh-huh. something to that is dangerous or lures people in or... yes. right. i mean there's all your disney villains too those are witches yep. there are so many so many is, is maleficent a witch or a fairy I think she counts as a witch in the original Sleeping Beauty, but I know that in Maleficent they leaned real hard in her being like a fairy. Fairy. Are those two mutually exclusive? Absolutely. I don't know. Actually, maybe maybe Maleficent was a fairy because like the whole point of Sleeping Beauty was that they invited like the good fairies, but not Maleficent. Yeah, so would that just did they hint at her being a fairy, just a bad fairy or but she's something so else? different from the other fairies. Yeah. Like, I know, she's so tall. <laughs> she's tall, she don't she doesn't have wings in the original Sleeping Beauty. Mhm. She's the sexy fae versus the other fae. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> mhm. So yeah, she's a witch and then like Snow White, the evil step 
mother queen is a witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ursula's a witch. Ursula's mm-hmm. a sea witch. Sea witch. She has like her own cauldron thing and everything. Yeah. I think um Susan Sarandon and Enchanted is a witch. Gosh, it's been a second since I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, that movie is so good. So, of course, the idea of witches has been around a long time. The initial origin ultimately stemming from ideas around like wise women and shamanic roles in prehistoric tribal cultures. Just about every culture seems to have some myths about like people who practice magic. And there are so many different takes that we really <laughs> cannot talk about them all in a single podcast episode or even like a season. Like, oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. So mm. as much as I love folklore and variety and culture from basically the entire world, for today, we are mostly going to be focusing on our modern North American interpretations and their origins because that is the culture that we are in. <laughs> I would also like to note that this is a podcast about fiction and tropes, not a history podcast. So, of course, the tropes have their origins in historical events, so we will reference that, but it is not our focus. Like, we're probably going to spend less time talking about the Salem witch trials and modern paganism and whatnot, and more time talking about Hocus Pocus and houses made of candy. Theoretically. Theoretically. I already mentioned the candy houses, so... That's true. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of our modern images of witches come from beer brewing in the 14th century Europe. Beer brewing was done by women, and the practice was passed down maternal lines. The tall hat worked as a kind of marketing technique, so the wearer would be noticeable. They'd put a broom by their door as a symbol of domestic trade. They'd have cats to keep away mice. They'd have a cauldron to do brewing in, the beers or potions, etc. So... What changed? Why do these things make us think witch and not alewife? Well, the Spanish Inquisition basically vilified the... No one expects... No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. (laughs) Partly, um, probably in part because they, the, uh, alewives used six-pointed stars to represent that their beer was pure and clean, but obviously this would look the same or similar to the Jewish Star of David. And the church also didn't like that the beer making was this decentralized, uncontrolled women's business. So simultaneously, they vilified the individual brewsters. Um, They vilified the individual brewers. This is where anti-Semitic images of witches and stories about flying on broomsticks and consorting with the devil come from. And the beer brewing became a formalized business rather than something practiced in the home. This also happened with other domestic practices that were typically women's work, like medicine and herbal remedies, that sort of thing. Darn patriarchy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, darn patriarchy. <laughs> um. So, that is my bit of talking about history for right now. So I want to shift from that to talking about fiction, like we are here for. I would like to ask... Who are your favorite witches in fiction? Elphaba. Elphaba. <laughs> yeah. In well, since you called her Elphaba, I'm assuming you mean in Wicked and not in yes. Wizard of Oz. <laughs> to be fair, I also haven't read the book Wicked, so I don't even know if I would like her in that. But like in the musical, yes, absolutely. Idea Menzel here for it. I- I feel like I need you to read the book because I hardcore mm-hmm. prefer the musical. Like, yeah, I don't want to read the book then. Okay, 
<laughs> but like <laughs> I don't know. The book was strange, and like usually you bond with whichever thing you like take in first uh-huh. that was not the case with this i read the book oh. first before i saw the musical and i still preferred the musical yeah same same <laughs> it's interesting though i mean it's there are some things that y- you could take away from like if you read the book um but yeah i definitely i yeah i second that i preferred the musical as well but i also love musicals so yes <laughs> and i love books too but but <laughs> Tina Menzel. The librarian Menzel. loves musicals. <laughs> Blasphemy. Oh, books too. <laughs> Quick. Defend Quick. your legitimacy. Your thread <laughs> is a librarian. <laughs> oh, um. Do I only have to pick one favorite witch? No, we can go off no, about all we're, of We're going to go. Witches. Okay. Because my favorite witch. Okay. My first favorite, my top favorite witch is actually spoiler for a book. Ooh, I oh. want to hear it. Like, um, okay, name what book it is before you name the spoiler. Like, so I we feel know like who needs okay. to stop listening. <laughs> I'm so sorry because I'm sure I'm going to li- give it away just by giving the title. But, and it's not really that big a deal. I guess you, okay, I'm just going to say it. So, in How's Moving Castle, the book, um, mm-hmm. it is. It is revealed at the very end that Sophie is actually a witch and she was the oh, one who was who broke her curse like she could have, but she kept holding on to it. Okay. Huh. And so um probably Sophie, because as I've mentioned Hell's Moving Castle many times before, it is one of my favorite books of all time. And <laughs> Sophie is amazing. And I really connected <laughs> with her as a teen. Um <laughs> Also, Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yes. And then, um, okay, I'll just do one more. But uh, <laughs> there, there's also, um, there's this manga series called Witch Hat Atelier. Ooh. And it's very sweet. It's a very sweet story. There are darker moments. But the main character, Coco, is just so full, so wholesome, so sweet. She doesn't have magic in the beginning. And then something happens. She ends up using forbidden magic and um, curses the land, basically. And so it's her quest to, like, discover how Mm -hmm. to, you know, use magic. And it's just so sweet and awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Who are your favorites, Ray? Yes. I feel like mine is a little more of a type than like specific like because there are multiple instances but like sometimes in fantasy series you have like a witch who's like this practical kind of snarky like side character and she's usually really cool like i'm thinking of angela in uh the inheritance series with uh aragon and things like that and there's if anyone knows the Enchanted Forest Chronicles, like dealing with dragons, searching for dragons, like those books, like there's a side character witch named Morwen who's like very practical and like will tell you what's what. Like, <laughs> and like I feel like this also pl- applies to like the witches in um, Terry Pratchett's Discworld. Like, I was gonna call them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fantastic. Uh huh. Like, and- I feel like that's just a really good type where it's just your your snarky side character who doesn't have any time for your nonsense (laughs) in that vein i also love anathema device 
from Good Omens. Like, she's fantastic. I feel like I have to throw this in here, but like, I feel like I can't, I can't get away with a witch's episode without mentioning the witches from Hocus Pocus. But like, the problem with this, <laughs> is, like, I think Hocus Pocus is overrated. Like, I mm, I didn't see it and bond with it as a kid. I saw it, saw it as an adult, and I'm just kind of like, well, this isn't the best. Like, I understand how, like, the witches are, like, iconic. Like, I get that. But I'm sitting here like, that wasn't, that wasn't a very good movie. <laughs> you're going to tank our ratings before we even get any. Unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. <laughs> Um, that's okay i've never actually seen hocus pocus all the way through so <laughs> i've written hocus pocus cards but interesting I, I i feel like that's like mildly hypocritical <laughs> you calling me out for not liking hocus pocus when you haven't seen it i i was not calling you out for not liking it i was calling you out for what that would do to our brand oh i see <laughs> Not having seen it as a sin, not liking it seems like an unpardonable sin, especially this year when the second one came out. That's oh, true. I, I wonder if the second one's any better. Like, that would be cool. I hope the second one's better. We should have a party and watch both. <laughs> yeah. I, this is so funny because we have, like, all the levels here. I deeply adore Hocus Pocus, but I also <laughs> grew up with it. <laughs> so, um, same thing with that. <laughs> did did you guys see Halloween Town? I can't remember. No. No. I don't. Okay. <laughs> we have to watch that too. Okay. For once it's Kristen and I who haven't seen things. It's not wow. like Kristen like, have you guys seen this? And Kelly and I are like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. A big point of contention around witches and witchcraft is the question of evil, to the point that some consider evil as part of the definition of being a witch, and that witchcraft is specifically harmful magic. Think like the Christian perspective where all magic is from the devil and therefore evil. This idea of evil witches is probably the most prominent concept of them in fiction, at least that I've seen, like, traditionally. I'm thinking notably in fairy tales like Grimm's in the Hansel and Gretel and Snow White in The Six Swans and any other instance of evil stepmothers turning her stepchildren into birds. Like, because that's, that's, we need to talk about all of, like, the instances where people get, where men get turned into birds. But that is for a different episode. Like, it's more common than you'd think. But you also, like, never mind. Anyway. So, something that I want to look at here is what makes what makes witches such great villains. Okay, hot take. I don't think witches are necessarily good villains. Ooh. Um, partially because it's been played out, and like, partially because it takes a good writer to write a good villain, and just making them a witch isn't going to do diddly squat if you can't already write a good villain. I mean, they'd fit right into like something like monster of the week kind of framing of like and this time we're going up against a witch like i don't know they would, they would fit there but it doesn't mean it's like i don't know because <laughs> they don't necessarily have any like inherent traits that make them villainous like i guess they would have magic mm -hmm. but like yeah i guess if they have evil magic 
Yeah, but then you run into questions of, like, how does this magic work and what, like, what does it do? And whereas, like, Mm. if you have just, like, a Frankenstein, it is big (laughs) and strong and dumb. Like, (laughs) this is a hard one because I know you touched on this before, Ray, but Mm. a witch could mean many different things. Mm. And so, um, if we go with, Something like what I would want to see, which would be really fun, is like a witch contracted to something else or like Mm. a witch that uses dark magic and maybe the hero uses magic, but not in that way. And Mm. so if the villain pushes the hero enough to like compromise um, their own way of using magic, I'm like, that could be interesting. So you could contrast like the source of the power or the magic or like i don't like this isn't witches but like i'm immediately thinking of the episode of avatar the last airbender where they run <gasps> to like the bloodbender um yeah waterbender and how like katara knows how to bloodbend now but she like you know chooses not to <laughs> yeah something like that where it's oh i got the hero to do something that they didn't want to do mm. um is always fascinating to me. And I feel like a witch could present that in such a way. Cause again, going back to the dark mm. arts, like, Oh, you're not, that's forbidden. Yeah. That's true. They are oh. traditionally tricksy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I feel like also in a lot of stories, like, like I'm not talking about like Harry Potter where like, there's just so many witches and wizards that like, it's a whole race <laughs> of people. Uh-huh. I'm yeah. thinking of like, they're like if you have like your everyone is normal people and you have like an evil witch in the woods or whatever just by having like power having magic she's already like a step above everybody else (laughs) that's around so Mm. like it just makes her a natural like threat (laughs) makes sense also like god forbid women have power yeah (laughs) yeah <laughs> like I like when the witches are heroes. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. when I was outlining all of my favorites, they're all they're uh-huh. all more or less, you know, heroes. But uh-huh. um I don't know. I think Yeah, it's just sad that <laughs> that's kind of like the traditional, well, modern traditional, is that a thing? Where it's like, oh, witches, you know, they're, um, they're women, they're female, and they're, they're evil, and (laughs) why, but why? (laughs) The patriarchy. Is that, is that true, though? Because the majority of witch stories that I could think of featured witches as protagonists, not villains. I feel like... This more showcases how our attitude around it has, like, changed. Because, Mm -hmm. like, we're all, we know that all these things are drawing from, like, witches as, like, at least a lot of the modern things. I mean, it gets complicated because, like, yeah, like, I mentioned before, there have been, like, wise women and, like, things like that. And also, like, tricksters in the woods that are, like, morally gray. Like, they may or may not be evil, but, like, you know, if you do things Mm -hmm. wrong, you'll get messed up. But uh-huh. if you you can like you can bargain with her and things like that. Um, but I'm thinking of like so like you stem from like the puritanical kind of ideas where it's like witchcraft and devilry and things like that. And like 
most of those, like, we've just kind of been talking about or attacking, like, things that women did or things that like, people <laughs> didn't understand. And, like, <laughs> like, like, the whole scary and unknown or whatever, you can, like, vilify things. And then most of our modern takes are, like, basically taking in that into consideration and just showing it. It's like, no, this is a person who just knows how to use the tools that are available to her. Like, so I feel like it's just kind yeah. of that. Like, she could still be a villain, but, like, there's a lot more, a lot more of the modern stories are, like, witches are just another person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they lean yeah. real hard into, like, what if magic made my life easier? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but I do want to say, I want to read more Baba Yaga stories. Mm. Mm. Yes. Like, I, I don't know. I need more in my life. They're intriguing. I have also been intrigued, but have also not read, like, <laughs> my story. <laughs> it's it's interesting because I was um I've read and listened to a few Baba Yaga stories, and what's fun is she you so if a man comes to her door or if she catches a man, she like mm-hmm. immediately kills him. But for mm-hmm. women, she will threaten that she'll kill them, but then she doesn't. She like keeps <laughs> them. She's like, all right, I want you to do this impossible task. And they're like, oh no, okay, I guess, or you'll eat me. And then they do it because they have help from, obviously, like, woodland creatures or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I like the idea of, oh yeah, you're a young woman, sure, let's give you a chance. <laughs> let's give I you mean, a shot. <laughs> sad day for the, trust for the men, men. just on principle. <laughs> right, right, sad day for the I men. Wonder, <laughs> I wonder who hurt the Baba Yaga in her youth. Like, right. was she... Was she betrayed? Did her lover, like, leave her? (sighs) Well, that's another interesting thing, because um, Baba Yaga isn't just one person. It's, like, multiple Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And they're called, it's like, what is it, like, old woman or something is the name in Russian? Like, old woman or, like, grandmother or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Gosh, I don't know. I don't know Russian. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Same. Same. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, sidetracked, but welcome to our podcast where we like go off about things that we're uninformed about, but very intrigued about <laughs> and passionate <Yeah>. about. <laughs> I will say the witch aesthetic is fantastic for like villainy, you know, like yes. I'm thinking of the white witch in Chronicles of Narnia, which isn't traditional mm-hmm. witch, but it's still like the, you know, long cloaks and pointy things and like, you know, magic, magic accoutrements like mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and like even the traditional witch garb is awesome and cool and yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that is one point in their favor is villains <laughs> yeah i think also like the other trappings as well like the the tools involved like you have like weird things in jars and you have mm-hmm. something suspicious bubbling in a cauldron like just kind of plays on that like fear of the unknown you don't know what's gonna happen (laughs) yes yes so something that's kind of been implied in this episode that we've been circling around is that witches are typically women but do witches have to be women should witches be women blame harry potter for part of this (laughs) (laughs) and her freaking witches and wizards boys and girls i it's dumb I 
they're not the they're not the same thing. Witches and wizards are not the same thing. <laughs> it's um it's interesting you say that because I uh, I okay so going back to witch hat atelier, everyone mm-hmm. no matter the gender is called witch. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the teach like the male uh, instructor for Coco, like he is called a witch. And okay. so I thought I I thought I saw somewhere in research of another time that witch witch in the very beginning was used wasn't like a gendered term. And that mm-hmm. over time mm-hmm. I thought warlock was like the male equivalent or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, like not super commonly, but yeah, like it, it can also be used as a gender term that way. Like some people do make the split as like witches and warlocks. Based right. on I thought gender. warlocks had to be, have like a devil parent or something. That is the D and D definition, and like <laughs> also probably used in other places too. So I think part of what we're getting at here is like if you're writing fiction, you can kind of define words however you want like to an extent yeah like so i'm glad we brought this up because i feel every time okay so i love reading fantasy and i feel like every time some like a magic user is called something it's it's always something i don't expect and then they expand on it in an interesting way so like Mm -hmm. you could have a wizard a witch a sorcerer a warlock a mage a magician Mm -hmm. and some of those have connotations, I feel like, that our society has attached to them, whether because of D&D or not. <laughs> um, that it's like, oh, I expect this person to feel a certain way or do magic a certain way. Like, wizard, I'm like, oh, books and wands or something. Yep. <laughs> books and powers. Right, right. Or like, um, you know, warlock. I do think maybe because of D&D, but I thought... It, it's probably older than D and D as well. Like, right, it just, I, I, just I know it was true in the Cassandra Clare series. <laughs> yeah. That's where I got it. <laughs> I I thought because of like whenever they created the term warlock, which was not at the beginning, but like later on, like I thought that when they created it, they had like this added meaning. Oh goodness, I should look this up. Um, that basically. <laughs> um, I thought it meant something like contract was in the name of it. And so because like witches are contracted to the devil. Mm. Are they? Um, Or at least like, (laughs) but I mean, like as far as I guess the etymology. Yeah. Okay. Um, So it's an old English word me coming from. Um, oh, I'm not going to try to pronounce that word. <laughs> uh, that means like traitor, scoundrel, monster, Ooh. also the devil. And then <laughs> then there's another, another meaning that means covenant that comes from it. Okay. So like the so, contract that they make with a demon or a devil. Yeah. Hmm. Which maybe, and I'm just speculating here, but I would think that like if you have a witch and then that witch is said to be contracted to the the devil and then whenever this split happened it seems like, like again old english some some of it is saying scottish as mm. well um whenever that split happened i would think maybe that's what they were going for maybe 
Which sure. which had a different old English root. Um Yeah. Which comes from Wicca. Right. Which, and then before that is very unclear, but there might have been something to do with like um divination and like casting stones. Well, there right. is a take that witch and witchcraft comes from like like some people think it comes from the Germanic root, like it's like wit and things like that, and like mm-hmm. other words that mean wise. So it's like wise person or like witchcraft is like wise craft or craft of the wise. Um, which would be even older than like the interpretations where they were using where like the Spanish Inquisition and related parties were using <laughs> witch as a <laughs> as a as an accusation. Um, right. Yeah. I like understood up to that point where like, which isn't obviously a very much older word than warlock, but warlock mm-hmm. specifically um, has that other layer of, I guess the more modern sense of what a witch was seen as, which is interesting. Cause yeah, I know the Puritans also thought like witches made, deals with the devil or consorted with the devil which is but yeah now we think of warlocks like as the ones making deals with demons mm-hmm. or being yeah. demons themselves yep <laughs> yep <laughs> yay all of our terms for various magic people I, okay question coming off of that should there be a functional difference between these terms in fiction I don't, okay, I don't know how to answer the questions of should exactly, because, <laughs> because like, back to kind of what we said before, is in fiction, you can kind of define terms however you want, but if you say which, like, the first thing that you're gonna think of is probably, like, a woman who does magic, and maybe you even think of, like, the pointed hat, and, like, you know, the various mm-hmm. other trappings that we typically associate with witch. So mm-hmm. if your fictional witches deviate from that image, you kind of have to explain it, like, or give some indication of what's going on. And have a good reason for it. <laughs> yes. Although I will say, um, as I've read more and more, I am kind of partial to the term for like a magic user magician mm-hmm. and like specifically my mind goes to oh yes the 19th century magic <laughs> user the magician and i'm like oh the magician i like the vibe of mage like Ooh. yes yeah i feel aren't they more like study related uh-huh i feel like mages and wizards are close in my mind i feel but, like they oh. are I yeah. feel like mages are a little more elegant, whereas with yeah. wizards, yeah. Tend, uh, the vibe I get off of that is like a little more eccentric and scattered. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Magician is kind of just a catch-all for everything. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the way it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Agre- like, that's my go-to. Because he mm, doesn't take explaining. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh... They They use use magic. magic. They are a magician. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) 
Okay. So while we're on the idea of magic, that tends to be a key part of being a witch, as we kind of touched on earlier, is like, I don't think exactly you can have a witch that doesn't have magic. Um, (laughs) But, okay, so witches and magic. This makes sense in older stories when people believed in magic or the possibility of magic in their real lives. Like, the witch hunts happened because a lot of people believed the rumors that someone could hex them. But most modern people don't believe in magic, at least not in that way. Like, not the big whiz-bang Hollywood magic of, like, you know, glowing, like, lightning from hands, like, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so, why... What I want to ask is why magic? Why do we still like it in stories so much? Why do we give so much attention to this concept that is so unrelated to our real lives? I mean, one obvious facet is like fantasy wish fulfillment. Because it's cool. (laughs) Not even that. Like, here's you can wave a wand and your chores will be done. Like, that was why the Harry Potter magic worked, basically. <laughs> like, there were no limitations within the story unless the plot called for it. <laughs> and so, like, literally, you could just, like, wave a wand and your homework would be done. Wave a wand and your enemy turns into a ferret. Like, <laughs> it's it's wish fulfillment. <laughs> yeah, and just, like... Kind of going back to Ray's point of like it's cool, and also yeah. the sense of wonder is pretty. Uh-huh. I don't know, core to at least like I don't know some kind of human nostalgia. Like, oh, I want to feel like I I did when I was a child. I don't know how this works. Mm-hmm. Let's figure this out. Or even like the sense of oh, magic makes the impossible. Yeah, it makes the impossible possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know, like, there are obviously different magic systems so there's like soft magic systems and hard magic systems but i feel like regardless <laughs> for me i i don't know i'm just curious and i want to figure out exactly like well how does this work and even if i don't know how it works i can infer or like mm-hmm. think about like well what could have caused this and i think that's <laughs> fascinating <laughs> yeah you've also got like it's a key element in escapism because like if your world has magic, it's not going to feel like the real world. Yeah. (laughs) We've come a long way from like cautionary tales and myths about like, you know, scary things that could happen. And now we just like imagining what if cool things could happen? Uh (laughs) Yeah. What if the world was different? What if the world actually was like that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like even some of the fairy tales played with that, with mm. the characters just being like, it would be cool if. <laughs> <laughs> just not glass slippers. I don't know. That feels like an awful idea. That's fair. <laughs> I don't know. That feels like a cool idea if it actually worked. Like, if it actually, <laughs> like wasn't real glass. It just seemed like glass. Like, and see, yeah, the beauty of magic. Uh-huh. <laughs> I also think it makes, like, you can use it to basically generate any plot you want. Like, yeah. if it's like, you can just kind of put rules around whatever. It's like, this person mm-hmm. gets 
turned into a frog. Okay, <laughs> like, what are the rules around that? How do they solve this problem? And you can just kind of generate... Or, or, okay, so a better example would be, like, The Little Mermaid. Like, even, like, the old version mm-hmm. or, like, the Disney version. It's just sort of like, what if there was a mermaid and she got, she was able to be transformed into a human for these particular reasons? And these are the constraints around her, like, transformation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. it lets you tell a bigger story about, like, well, in the original, about unrequited love. But, like... <laughs> And I don't know, in the Disney version, it's like what true love conquers all, something like that, which is very sure. <laughs> if you're 15 and impulsive, it'll work out. She's 16, Kristen. She's 16 because that's better. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's one year back. Old enough to drive a car. Uh huh. Oh. When did I get old? I don't know, but it might be around the same time that I did. Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I think the gist of it you hit on magic is cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> look at all the cool things I can do. Yes, Kelly? Oh, I was going to say, yes, but going back to your point, Kristen, of at least for me, I feel like whenever there's constraints or like rules or something, like things that like, yes, you're powerful, but you're not all powerful. If you're mm-hmm. all powerful, boring. <laughs> yes. Magic has to have limits. It's like mm, a yes. key rule of storytelling. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say, Ray? Well, I was thinking like one other reason that we still have magic is like it's a useful analogy for sometimes creativity or spirituality something like that like that's essentially how it's used in like well these aren't witch stories but like avatar the last airbender it's sort of like they have to like train to use like their magic and get in touch with like themselves and what they want in their lives in order to optimally use their bending um that kind of take also turns up in Marvel's Doctor Strange, I believe. Like, that's mm, yeah, his whole, what, spiritual journey to using magic. Like, mm-hmm. Doesn't Scarlet Witch have, like, the opposite arc and that she gets better when she, like, loses her mind, basically? <laughs> I don't know enough about the Scarlet Witch, but that's fascinating. I, I just watched the... Um, disney plus show like when it first came out so this is not fresh in my mind but like (laughs) i know when she like spoiler alert loses her kids like she becomes like hella powerful because she just kind of lets go of Mm -hmm. all of her inhibitions ah yeah that's true she also constructs like yeah obviously like whole worlds or like whole realities um just to like run away yeah, it was because she lost vision. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like it all play, it all feeds into yeah that. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's also I feel like going back to the concept of metaphors. Magic is frequently used as a metaphor for like power and elitism. Ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Those versions frustrate me a little bit. Like it makes total sense. Yeah. Because it's like, it's power. You have to be careful with it. You can hurt people. And, like, people think they're better than other people because they have magic. Like, isn't that 
mm-hmm. big part of Harry Potter, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although I do like, and mm, so there's this manga series called The Blue Period. And it's be, it's not about magic, but it it, it does tie in. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> it's about this boy who is so good at everything that he gets bored, and so he finds out that there is art club, and he goes to art club. And <laughs> while he's okay at art, he's not the best. Okay. And so he is like, "Well, I'm going to do this. This is going to be my <laughs> life now." And then he feels things from it. So he starts making art until eventually he notices that there are certain people who have natural inclinations to like, they're just basically geniuses or like people who are much better at him because Mm -hmm. maybe they have have the, they have, they've been doing it longer than him as well. But he is so focused on doing the best and like, doing all like all of it that he dedicates all of his time to art and he gets so much better in a very short period of time and it makes me think of there's um there are certain books about magic where it's very much similar to that concept of there are people who can do magic and maybe everyone can but it's they're usually like rivals and one of them is like oh effortlessly good it seems like it's like (laughs) super talented but doesn't really put forth as much effort as another character and they've been you know putting in the time the effort doesn't sleep practices Mm -hmm. and they're just as good and i love i also love that version (laughs) of magic systems i i feel like i want to see more of it makes sense my usual problem with like the elitist like analogy mm-hmm. is like usually how that works is there mm-hmm. are some characters that are born with magic and others that are not. Mm-hmm. And I understand that as like a limited analogy of like ability differences or power imbalances like you can make comparison to like people who have money and people who don't or people who can who have x talent and people who don't but in real life most of those things are not as like like you don't like oh gosh if you have like basically the muggles and like the witches and wizards or whatever you basically just defined like a kind of superior race like which is literally what Voldemort was on about is like wizards and witches are superior mm-hmm. to muggles and like part of he what makes that uh-huh, <laughs> he was wrong but part of what makes that idea like so like I kind of understand how he came to that conclusion because if you look at like the things that witches and wizards can do in the Harry Potter world like it's they can do everything that muggles can do and more and their abilities are like innate born into them it's not like they can like transfer magic to other people like it's not as simple as like you know the proletariat needs to rise up and seize the means of production (laughs) like like. to be fair the wizards and witches can't really do science that's true but it's mainly because they spent no time trying to do that (laughs) yeah no i totally understand how voldemort got there because there there is no way for muggles to get better 
but they're just my, kind of pets. <laughs> but then my frustration with that is like that's not how like taking that analogy too far as like an analogy to real life doesn't make sense because people aren't actually don't have like this different unreachable tier of ability (laughs) like no i wholeheartedly agree (laughs) (laughs) i i was actually going to ask if you guys prefer like anyone can learn magic systems versus (laughs) people who are born with it I think I know where Ray stands. Where do you stand, Kelly? Um, I could stand with either, depending on how they do it. Interesting. I'm actually yeah. with Kelly on this one. I don't absolutely, <laughs> I don't absolutely hate it when like someone's born with magic and others like aren't. It depends on the scope of what you're trying to write and what you're trying to compare it to. Because if you're uh. making like false comparisons, then I'm sort of like, that's not a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, that makes I sense. Mean, it's weird because you also have like, all right, so magic is inherited or something, or only a select few people can use it. I feel like there are certain stories where, yes, it's very much a power thing. And it's like, well, obviously these people are powerful, so they're going to rule over people or mm-hmm. like at least just select few. And, and then you also have the, oh, we're powerful, but we're not necessarily that powerful and we have to hide from society and i'm like i like that one too (laughs) yeah i will say i think it's the like born with magic is a little bit better when you have like a magic chosen chosen one or like (laughs) a few magic chosen ones versus like harry potter where you have a whole society of magic chosen ones (laughs) and that's all you focus on like yeah. yeah, they stand out a little bit more if you're the only one or one of very few. That yeah. Can <laughs> the last of the magic users. The magicians. <laughs> the last of the magicians. <laughs> Wasn't that the title of a book recently? The Last Magician? Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, I read, read it. it. Okay. I did. That one was good. <laughs> I didn't like the sequel as much. I'm afraid to read the third. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, I love that that series. I, they played with time travel, which is always iffy for me. <laughs> we should do an episode on time different. travel. Do we have one of those planned? Time travel is so hard to do well. I don't I, yeah. have one planned, but yeah, we can totally talk about that because, like, I generally have feelings regardless oh. of whether it's done well or not. Yeah, I have I have feelings about time travel. <laughs> yep, let's do it. <laughs> I also probably have very unpopular opinions about it. Oh no. So this will be fun. <laughs> Yay! Next year. Anyway, witches. To trope or not to trope? <laughs> How can you not to trope? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I suppose you can be on about other things and just not happen to write about witches but like i mean i'm i I want a trope like (laughs) i would definitely want to trope yes (laughs) i don't think i would ever like personally write a witch it's just not it's not my vibe that is like i might but yeah i have no plans to at the moment 
depending <laughs> on how you define what a witch is. <laughs> I mean, like, I'll do, like I said, I'll do magicians, but like, yeah. like straight witch trappings is not my thing. Well, you see, witch if you redefine <laughs> witch to mean like a snarky female character, then sure. <laughs> yeah, I've got plenty of those. <laughs> yeah, I still think. Uh, I think which like the witch trope is just so good, <laughs> at least for me. And I feel like it can be done in many ways. I will add a caveat to this. Ooh. If you are writing another like really quickly written, unedited, modern witch romance, do not trope. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> the world does <laughs> no. not need any more of those. Kristen, you crush, crush my dreams like that. I, <laughs> no, I know mine are not quickly written. Oh my gosh. If they ever get published at all. I, they will. I believe in you. Mm. You can do it. Mm. I just like, I did a trend sheet on like witchy vibes recently. And there are so many witch books out that just came out in the past yeah. like two years. They're too many and they all have the exact same cover and like very mm-hmm. similar names and very similar plots that makes sense to me hence my also like recent frustration with like I'm, I mean on the one hand I'm happy there's so much witchy stuff because I totally like that vibe on the other hand it's like it gets kind of old when there's just uh-huh. so much of it all at once <laughs> you know yeah. it's interesting to me because I so the YA market right now is flooded with witchy stuff and the adult market, at least like romance, right? Is, yeah. is pretty flooded. That's mm. interesting that they usually don't, I don't think they do. They usually don't match up that nicely. Hmm. Oh, the, I mean, the young as far as like trends go is on at the same time. Yeah. I wonder what happened. Hmm. I feel like some of those lines are getting like, blended as well because you have young adult new adult and adult and people are writing in all areas of (gasps) also all the cover designs look the same between adult and it's horrible i almost feel like we need a different section or something in the library like let's make let's let libraries make new adult like let's make this a thing (laughs) we're thinking about it that needs to happen because there's so much that would fit into that yeah. Like, especially in romance and fantasy. Like, yeah. yeah. You want the vibe of that YA stuff, but with, I don't know, sex and adult topics and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's like we want to graduate from PG 13 to R rated movie. <laughs> right? Yeah. With, without having to put in any more thought. <laughs> yeah. No, I 100% new adult should be a thing. I. I don't know why, because it's, like, just normal, but I get irrationally angry when I see certain books in the adult section at Barnes & Noble. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It needs to happen. One of these days, it will happen. <laughs> I, will it, though? I don't know. I don't trust the publishing industry. That's what the libraries have to do it. That's what yes. basically what happened with young adult, right? There was no place in the library and all these things started coming out and we had to make space for them. I lead the charge, Kelly. Make this happen. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll try. Work, work your witchy magic. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so, 
Ultimately, how do we write witches well? <laughs> Develop functioning magic systems. Hey. They, they don't have to be hard or like rigid magic systems. They can be soft magic systems, but make <laughs> them make sense and make Please? them consistent. Yes, consistency. I was going to. Yes. Please make them consistent because what you say in chapter one, where it's like, oh, this person cannot do this. And then, and then near later. the end, it's like, like, oh, this is the one thing that actually he can do or she can do. And it saves the entire. No, I get super <laughs> angry about that. Stay consistent, people. Okay. So- yes. I. Well, a corporeal bottle of tequila should not have shown up. <laughs> I was I was tracking with practical magic up until that point. Oh my goodness. I find it so weird that that was the part that kicked you out among like the other problems with that. There are so many things that could have, but like that's (laughs) that's just the one. I can get behind the spirit doing things on his grave. I can get behind him doing spirit things, but like putting a bottle of was it it was tequila, right? Putting a bottle of tequila tequila on the porch is too much. Okay. <laughs> so consistency. That is how you write yeah. witches well. Also like make of course make them good characters, you know. Yeah. I feel the- like at some point I'm going to write a story that Kristen is not going to be okay with, but I'm <laughs> going to be okay with. And this is funny to me because I'm usually one that's on the one that's on about things needing to make sense. Mm. Yeah. You haven't yet. <laughs> like I, I have been more okay with your stories than you have so far. I just need something to happen where someone can like just generate a sentient life form like no big deal out of out of no. nothing and just have that world breaking <laughs> thing in there, but have it not relevant to the plot just to make Kristen mad and just have you a functional story too. outside. Of oh my god. <laughs> No. It doesn't matter if you, like, basically don't, like, if you, okay, okay, so this is kind of my take on that, is, like, your stories have to make emotional sense, right? And, okay, mm-hmm. like, logistics play into that, but if your story doesn't go beyond, like, a certain scope, or, like, doesn't continue on, like, you're not trying to build out the world more or like you basically just don't play with those other implications like you can kind of get away with it so long as there's nothing all that crucial hanging on it Mm. yes yes and no (laughs) depends on how you do it but i mean frozen did that Uh and i'm i'm not okay with it but like you know i'll kind of accept it (laughs) i would have been better if they hadn't I, there are, there are problems with Frozen. That isn't one of the problems that I have with it, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, I know there are, like, wider implications and things of, like, Elsa being able to just generate sentient snow beings. But that's not what the story's about. My bigger issues with that story have to do with, like, what the story is actually about, which is, like, like, I don't think, I don't think that story actually earned, like... Elsa just suddenly having a bit of inspiration at the end for, like, how to unfreeze everything. Like, oh, it's love, and she can just do that. And it's like, you didn't explain that at all. Like, how did she have, like, this realization, and now she knows how to use her powers in that way? Like, that wasn't set up. I I feel like the trolls told her something. Elsa, not Anna. 
Like, Elsa didn't meet the trolls. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. It's been a hot minute since I've seen that movie. Yeah. But <laughs> it's not so much that I have a problem with her creating life, which I do. But <laughs> it's less that than it is. It would have just been better if she hadn't done that. Like, because it wasn't, it didn't, like, add a ton to the movie. Uh-huh. And there mm-hmm. were, like, other explanations you could have gone with that would have been just as good. Like, it wasn't necessary, and it just created more questions than it answered, which is never a thing you should do in stories if you don't plan on answering them. Oh, interesting. Oh, I feel like... Okay, so if we're talking witches, um, a lot of the witch stories I know and love have like more of a soft magic bent to it, and they uh-huh. typically... Ooh. There are some that are more consistent than others. And I'm like, yay, you're doing it lovely. (laughs) But what they don't always do, and what I actually kind of like when typically this is not a me thing, but they don't explain Uh much. So, like, they give you certain specific details about the magic, and they're like, Uh oh, yes, magic can, just for an example, magic can be replenished. during the full moon and maybe you have to dance under the moon in order to gain the magic. (laughs) And really that's the only thing in this example that is given Uh to you. And then they're able to do all of these other things that aren't explained. I'm like, yes, as long as the mood is there. And like, like Mm -hmm. Ray was saying, the emotional um, consistency is there and everything. I am super on board with that. But in any other story, for for me at least i'm like i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> i feel like with, with with witches a lot of the magic and even in cases like in cases that work a lot of the magic functions on a need to know basis in the story yeah like yeah. when we're when you're looking at the little mermaid it's like what all can ursula do it's like i don't know but apparently she can do like some stuff to give Ariel legs and later do stuff to make herself human. And we assume that she can do more crazy things than that. Like, but it's generally not relevant. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. What matters is that like, she's big and scary and is a threat and that she can do these things. And these are the rules around it that like, Oh, she's going to take Ariel's voice and she has only three days to, like seduce her man like (laughs) goodness so i am fine with soft magic this is probably outside of the scope of this podcast i don't care because i'm on it now (laughs) i'm fine with soft magic systems like that often Mm. works better than the ones that are like rigidly defined and like have explanations Mm. for everything because at that point i just don't care you know (laughs) like right soft magic systems are great however there are lines that you shouldn't cross unless you have a really good reason for doing that because most magic is basically understood as like what is it conservation of mass conservation of matter whatever you can turn one thing into another thing you can take Mm -hmm. something from somewhere else like you can sometimes like i don't know turn a mushroom into a teacup whatever like transformation is a thing yeah so creating life does not fall under the scope of that which is where you run into problems Mm. 
I, I also tend to have problems with the wizards that just like create something from nothing all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I know yeah. the Mortal Instruments series, which like had its own issues, but like <laughs> Magnus, I remember Magnus Bane explaining that when he like pulled something into being, he took it from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. generally things have to come from other things. You can't just like create them from nothing. Otherwise the laws of the universe start to unravel. That makes sense. And that makes a lot of sense, especially if you're going to have a longer story and those logistics are going to matter. Mm-hmm. I think you can also have just like in a cartoony kind of way, you can have like, oh, and there's a witch that kind of does whatever she wants. And like, this is usually not your main character. This is usually a side character mm-hmm. that's just generating things that your protagonist has to deal with. Like, and I feel like that's okay because like, they're just another thing that exists in the world. Like, like if your scope yes. is small enough that it doesn't matter, like, Sure. I I don't think it's scope. I think it's laws of the universe. Because like Frozen Frozen didn't play with that. Like Frozen didn't really play with the like, oh, we can do anything because this is fun and it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. they specifically tried to set up some rules and it didn't work. <laughs> like if you want if you want to do Looney Tunes physics laws, go for it. But like you have to stay consistent within that like clearly you can get away with it frozen was crazy popular this is just me going on about it but it's but if you generally want it to be better better yes <laughs> if you don't want people on the internet ranting weird fan theories about it oh but then... people will be on the internet ranting weird yeah that's true about <laughs> regardless or writing which... fan fiction that's true <laughs> There is a lot that can be said about magic systems. Just keep them consistent. Pretty much, yeah. It makes sense to know, like, what the purpose of the magic is in whatever your world is. Like, is this the type Mm -hmm. of world where it's, like, Harry Potter? Where it's, like, a skill that these people have? Is this, like, more like Lord of the Rings? Where it's, like, Gandalf can pull that out once in a while when, like, the plot demands it? (laughs) Like... (laughs) Yeah, the questions you really want to answer is who can do it how did they do it and where does it come from also restrictions limits are yeah. important limits make them limits what are its limitations yes because if not they're just going to take over the world create a new universe do something i mean you could always just do like sjm and have one super powered magical being and then create another even more powerful magical being and then just keep doing that (laughs) oh goodness and you periodically (laughs) have to nerf your powerful magical beings in order to like have anything Mm -hmm. that's a functional conflict ever Uh yeah Uh also i feel like now i want to write like magical short stories specifically to frustrate Chris. <laughs> so that they'll work, so they'll be functional as stories, but you won't like them. Like they'll make you make this face like I, I am curious if you could do that. Cause like I said, I have had fewer problems with your short stories than you have had so far. So have That's at true. it. I'd have to actually finish some short stories. <laughs> I don't think you could write a story to piss me off. I don't think your brain would (laughs) let you. (laughs) 
I oh. I think in general we would get along, but like judging <laughs> by like these like disagreements we have about magic, that tells me that we have a difference in what makes sense or not. Because like mm. there are things where it's like Elsa generating sentient beings doesn't even bother me, and like a bottle of tequila showing up on the porch <laughs> in practical magic <laughs> doesn't bother me. <laughs> I now I'm intrigued. <laughs> I want you I want you to actually do this. I have to think of the specifics. <laughs> like like I have the motivation, I just don't have the idea. <laughs> oh, you'll get there. So that's our podcast. Okay, listeners, what do you think? Email us at trope or not to trope at gmail.com and tell me all about your favorite witches and stories and legends and magic. This has been a wonderful spooky season episode, and we will be back in two weeks with another wonderful trope. Thank you for listening to To Trope or Not to Trope, and happy Halloween! Happy Halloween!